know, that sounds great, you know, helping millennials, getting out of debt in terms of uh, their college uh, debt, but how do you pay for that? Same way we paid for the bankers. We bailed out the guys on Wall Street right. who actually crashed the economy with their waste, fraud, and abuse. Um, and so how did we do that? So you're talking about an $800 billion program? I mean, I, so again, how do you pay for it? Well, actually, you know, if you count the quantitative easing for the bankers, that was an additional $4.5 trillion, which is far more than what we need for student debt, which is about $1.3 trillion. So, you know, we did a well, quantitative, quantitative easing. quantitative easing, though, was from the Federal Reserve. So are you, exactly. asking, are you saying that the Federal Reserve should pay for this? Well, no, no, you don't pay for it. The Federal Reserve basically cancels the debt. It doesn't cost taxpayers one penny. And the reason it's good to do it for students is that it actually expands the economy. It's the stimulus package of our dreams to put to work a whole generation of young people that's held hostage in debt, that's working two or three part-time temporary low-wage jobs, not doing what their passion is, what their skills are, what they've been trained to do. So this is the stimulus package of our dreams, unlike the bailout for Wall Street, which just allowed more of the gambling as usual. So that didn't really uh, strengthen our economy. On the other hand, bailing out a generation that's been basically hung out to dry is exactly what we need to get our economy. The most influential, creative of this generation, an innovator, a visionary. It's your future before it happens. Most of the ways it's going on right now, he was on years ago. The sound is going on right now, he was on in 07. That talk to people like, you know, we ain't gonna say we started, but we was just early on a whole lot of things. When you talk about the greats in music, when you talk about the greats in politics, when you talk about the greats in of the, to, to come from the environment and transcend it. When you talk about the great and athletic, jack of all trades, and wear many hats just depending on the day. Make sure you miss this pain. Without further ado, I give to you the great you far too kind, people. You far too kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, first off, I, I want to start off by thanking God. Because without God, none of this would be possible. You know, we had a dream from the beginning. We just wanted to come in this and express how we felt. Uh, we just wanted to come in this and be true to self. We just wanted to come in this and prove people that anything is possible. No matter what type of circumstances you're coming from, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Don't let them put you in a box. They don't want you, you know. They want you to be stuck. You know, most of them that came before us, they were stuck in the same thing, and that's not a knock, but they were stuck in a lot of the same things for years. Well, who knows? whether or not they was great at something else. But maybe that's what they get upset about sometimes because they didn't at least go try and see. We pushed that envelope. Shout out to the whole color radio. 
you know, everybody on the team had the vision. You know, I just, I, I just like to surround myself around visionaries. And without a great team like that, um, just knowing a lot of these good people for a long time, even the new ones I'm uh, beginning to be around, you know, that, that all plays a part into one reaching this level. You know, I, I like to shower myself sometimes. You know, you got to shower yourself with the praise and respect sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, why not? You know, we, we only live once. So, I mean, we got to be honest. And, you know, because everybody ain't going to clap for you. It's a lot of stuff that everybody might see and they might watch from afar. And they may not want to say it. Like, you know, I know it's a lot of people that might tune into the music, that might tune into the cast, but... You know, we so hold, we a hold back generation. You know, everybody wants to be the one. So sometimes people feel a little intimidated by uh, maybe putting the spotlight all around. And, you know, over here at Color Radio, we all about that. We all about putting the spotlight on not just us, but on all the creators that we come in contact with. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's what it's all about, just expressing these moments in different perspectives. You know, we all can be great. You know, we all can be in the light just for different things. And we have an understanding of that. And we're trying to push that type of mentality. So, you know, moving forward, don't be afraid to shout your team out. Don't be afraid to shout out other creative things, other things that you respect that's going on around you. It's not going to hurt you. You know, shout out Juice. Shout out Amber. Shout out Maul. They got the number one podcast. It's out right now. Over here, you know, they're saying that we got the most controversial podcast. I tell them, like, you know, anytime you're controversial, that just means you're you telling the truth, you know what I mean? Because the truth is controversial at the end of the day. You know, you're going to have all different types of opinions, some that people agree with and some that people don't. But, you know, like I said, right or wrong just depends on what side you're standing on. And, you know, I try to view things from all type of perspectives, you know, not just what's fed by what's mainstream or what's just the thing at the time. You know, always step outside of that box and always be open to sharing an opinion that's, you know, not popular. But if you feel like it's your truth, if you feel like it's something that you're going to really stand on, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, that you're not going to have to go back. If you feel like later on you might have to go back and apologize, and don't even go for that. But if you really believe it and you're going to stand on it through whatever backlash, and that's our respect, you know, put it out. <clears throat> I want to start off. I mean, we're going to call this Let Malia Live. Yeah. We're going to get into that a little later. And we're speaking of Malia Obama. Got into a little media frenzy. At Lollapalooza. Let's hold off on that. Let's hold on off on that. So I'm on the internet, right? On the internet. On the uh, the, the tweeter. I'm scrolling through. And I happen to see the Green Party. You know, first I was looking at the, the Libertarian. I was familiar with Gary Johnson. He had a nice uh, marketing campaign that was going on the social networks that was introducing people to him. That was very effective. It had. So if you're independent, so we're just getting fed the information that there's Republican, that there's Democrat, and we only have to choose between one of the two. For some reason, I'm forgetting that there's an independent party that's on the card. I'm like, all right, maybe this Gary Johnson is a little better. 
and well, you know, some of his policies was cool. The same thing I said about Hillary, that the it, it factor just don't have that it, like, you know, the, like, this is presidential. You don't really get that type of vibe, so. That's why I didn't really buy into that, but somehow I come across Jill Stein, and really I was following these people already, and I didn't even know it. And when I go listen to her speak, you know, she's talking about the student loans and how, you know, she believes that for the most part, the youth didn't really have an understanding or didn't really understand what the workforce that they were going into would be like once they graduated. So now we have a lot of us in our generation that have degrees, are in debt, but can't find a job in the field that we went to school for. You know, and that really makes no sense because, you know, now you got a bunch of people that are doing jobs that they're not passionate about. And she's in the Green Party, so, you know, she's all about the the, the, I would say the natural way of doing things, so following your passion, a healthy environment, putting the right things in your body, uh, just seeing things from a different perspective. So that's that's one person I want everybody to go look into as J-I-L-L-S-E-E-I-N. I want to put a few of her links of her speaking, uh, one of them going back and forth with Fox, another one speaking with the Young Turks, just breaking down her opinion on different things, and another one. Uh, breaking down her perspective on what happened with the Democratic chair and all of those things with the emails and stuff like that. So, but she's just really outside the box. I mean, when she speaks of the war, she acknowledges things that, you know, you'll be common. I mean, you'll be privy of if you do your own research, like how a lot of our threats and a lot of our enemies overseas, we basically funded in some type of way, all of them going back to the original war in Iraq and going to the current, uh, what's going on over there right now. So she acknowledges those things and not just looking at going into attack, but cutting off our supply and our financial supply and our firearm supply that we're putting in over there. So she looks at things like that. Uh, she speaks of the environment. I say the biggest thing that caught me was, you know, forgiving the students because I say for the most part, you don't really understand, especially coming from an inner city environment. You know, most of us, your average person from the inner city barely seen $500. So how are you gonna have an understanding, especially if you're filing independent, you know, so it's nobody, you know, that co-signer, there's no co-signer that has seen, you know, 30, 40, 50,000, you know, so if you've never seen this type of money, how can you even wrap your mind around? It's just like, why well, a kid can't go into a contract because, you know, they don't have the minds today to understand what's going on, but you're not gonna be able to understand what 30, 40, 50, 60, $100,000 is if you've never seen $500, you know, if you've never possessed five, so you, 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 you haven't even possessed $1,000 yet, but you're signing the contract for, you know, some hundreds of thousands, 50,000, you know, whatever the range is, it's something that's just out of the ordinary. It's like if you sign a contract saying that you're going to get uh, a dozen apples and you've never seen apples before. What if you don't like it? You know what I mean? Like if you don't have an understanding of what it is, then it really can't be a contract because, you know, you're not privy to whatever, you know, you're signing up for. So, you know, I agree with that. Um, definitely think that it should be some type of I think just the whole system of schooling needs to be revamped. I think we need to go back to what I hear was a lot of back in the days where 
in, I think grade school should be that prep, like preparing you, getting your mind state ready to be able to maneuver in all situations. So um, I always had an idea for starting a chain of schools and uh, a lot of the philosophies, philosophies would be, it would be uh, definitely uh, a, a mandatory community service, a certain amount of hours that everybody has to do to school. We'll start off like in kindergarten and build up every year. So our kindergartners go to first grade, then we'll add another kindergarten class and we'll have a first grade class. When they go to second grade, we'll have a kindergarten class, a first grade class, and second grade, and all the way, all the way up through high school. You know, so that, that's my vision for it, building like that. And the reason then would be is we will be able to develop a culture and we'll be able to develop a culture. So by the time we get it up to high school, then we'll start accepting, maybe accepting some exceptions to, to join in and, you know, say if you might want to come in eighth grade or seventh grade, but that wouldn't happen until we had a full, a full class graduated through high school because we already have a culture. So anyone coming in will be joining the culture and they won't be able to disrupt what's going on. Um, another thing outside the community service, that just would be to, to, to make our students giving and, and to not be looking always for the money, but to be looking for the, the betterment of the environment, the betterment of, you know, your, your, your fellow person looking out for the next person. So putting those type of ideals and, and putting the care for the community. So that's something good that I think all kids could benefit from. Um, another thing would be a mandatory debate uh, class. Everybody will have to participate in debate in a debate forum all the way through. And that would just give, I think, a lot of the problems that go on today is <clears throat> because people don't know how to articulate themselves. I think if you could articulate your points, if more people could, then you would have a lot, lot less physical articulation. So uh, that would be another thing. Another one would be mandatory chess or something of that nature and that would be to help them strategize and uh, you know decision making you know so chess is, is all about thinking and you need to be able to think and maneuver your way through the different things that life throws at you in this world um, it would be a required a standard so say say your first, if we were in semesters or quarters, whatever, the first quarter you get a C or a B. If you get a C or a B, we will sit you in front of the board. We will discuss a, a, a plan to bring that grade up. So you will start working with tutors. We may push you with someone who else who's getting an A. Uh, figure out a plan for your parent to work with you. And you will have to bring that grade up by the next semester, and if you didn't, you won't be able to make it. So it's, it's definitely a no-excuse environment. It wouldn't be uh, nothing to argue because there are a bunch of schools around, so it wouldn't be like, oh, you, that's not fair, everybody can get, you know, no disrespect, but there are other schools that you can send your kid to if you don't agree with what's going on. My vision for a school would just be to, you know, breed the least, the future leaders, the future, you know, uh, people who will set, you know, what society is like. Uh, there would be a mandatory, uh, what I wrote a paper on, and it was titled The Vegacation System. So it would be a mandatory breakfast and, and, and lunch program that's all vegan. Uh, anything that's on campus would have to be a vegan-based product, uh, from beverages to food. Anything else would not be tolerated, and you know you could possibly get suspended, and with multiple infractions, you could end up getting kicked out of school for 
uh, bring in anything that wasn't a vegan product on the campus so it would be that that serious because you know health is very important it's something that i think early on we make light of and we put a lot of foods in our kids that you know we may acknowledge as a bad thing but we're so addicted that we pass those addictions on so i think if a school is uh something that you, the kids spend most of their life at they spend most of their day at most of the time they get a lot of their learning from school so even if at home the bad behavior you know maybe kept up maybe after a few years they won't even want the stuff at home because they'll see the positive effects of the food from the food that they're getting at school and along with the food they're getting they'll get classes to give them understanding on why they're putting what they're putting in their body so some of them will take on to it and, and the majority will take on to it and, and my, my thoughts and they'll be a healthier generation and once they see the success going on in our school as far as the health will keep monitoring the kids all the way through and I think it will be something that will spread on throughout the nation and, and that would be my vision for that so Definitely looking at Jill Stein. I think, uh, you know, from what I see so far, she's pretty good, but could be wrong. What I seen from Bernie at first was pretty good, and I was wrong. So definitely know that you do have a, another option. You don't have to say you want to vote for the lesser evil if enough people get behind the party that's uh, allegedly not affiliated with the uh, top banks and not affiliated with the system. You know, so I just think the only problem that's going on with that is media should at least make it fair. You shouldn't have to get 15% of the votes just to get on the debate stage, and that's the problem. And if all of this time, like, we didn't, for the most part, you didn't know a lot of the people who were in the primaries and stuff like that, but they still got TV coverage. So I feel like if you gave independents the TV coverage, if you gave everyone else uh, along the way, then you know they would have the 10, 15 percent because a lot of the, a lot of the policies that they want to push are those thoughts. You know, it's similar to Bernie, but even you know furthermore for the people, even more outside the box, even more against the regular way of the system. So people would buy into that, especially in an election like this. So I think media, one solution would be media actually giving third party a chance, you know, because that's, once again, as I've been saying on all the other episodes, that's where people get their credibility from. They're on mainstream media. So we're just getting introduced to a Gary Johnson and Jill Stein when if we would have known about them the whole time, then maybe we were not even considering uh, Hillary or Donald Trump. You know, so definitely look into that. Uh, do your research on independence. Do your research on the Green Party. Do your research on libertarians. <clears throat> Those are all options. Gary Johnson is the libertarian. He has, He's at 10% right now. And uh, Jill Stein, she's the Green Party, and she's at 3 4% right now. So they have some time to make up. I hope both of them can get on a stage or... If that's possible, I'm not really sure. I have to look more into it, but it would definitely be good to see one of them at least be able to debate. Let's talk a little sports right now. I think we're moving into a time where I remember I was listening to the radio and everybody was, you know, they was like, you know, the NFL might not exist in 20 years or as we know it. And the more and more we're seeing a concussion movie and uh, with Megatron retiring because he said he just was beat up and a lot more players are retiring 
you know, before they get of age, you know, because it's just too much on the body, it's too much on the brain, you know, with all the research coming out. You know, we're seeing players still not want the kids to play, like we're hearing all of these sentiments, so it's a true worry, and there's a true uh, point that there may not be an NFL that we know in the next 20, 25 years. My opinion, you know, it's another one of these visionary thoughts call me Hostradamus after this one. Um, AFL. I believe the AFL and the NFL could possibly merge in the next 10, 15, 20 years because the AFL is more, I believe, flag football. It's flag. I don't think it's tackle. Uh, it's more of like a recent style, so the receiver gets to run before the ball is snapped. Uh, the out-of-bounds is just touching the, touching the walls. Uh, so I, I definitely could see a merger between the AFL and the NFL because they, you know, they have a growing and growing fan base. Uh, the NFL is already established, so if you put both of them together, you'll have a healthier league. You know, because it's less physical, but it's, you still get a lot of the action. So don't be surprised if the AFL looks like the NFL pretty. I mean, the NFL looks like the AFL pretty soon, or the AFL goes very mainstream. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, getting back to media, I wanted to offer a few solutions for a lot of the stuff that I, I, I've been po pointing out. And, you know, starting off with, you know, giving all parties equal chances. Uh, I think another thing is we're too stuck in a mind state of old. A lot of us right now acknowledge that the old system was broken and the old system is the reason for a lot of that. You could say hate that goes on in the world, a lot of the prejudice, a lot of the races sentiments that's out here and a lot of the stereotypes that are pushed i think it's just been about the dollar so long that people even though they acknowledge that media affects how people look at life and maybe the most important uh, determiner on how people look at life we've seen it the biggest example in nazi germany when hitler used the media propaganda to demonize the Jews, so by the time the Holocaust came, people already had a negative view of the Jews because of what they put on media. And right now we're seeing, and we've been seeing this, you know, for a long time in America, that the same thing is going has gone on with blacks as far as the demonization in the media. Yes, there's right and wrong and good and bad in all communities, but more often than not, the information that's put out about blacks is, is definitely negative and reported differently than other groups. Um, and I would also say that the image with Muslims, they try to paint Donald Trump as the guy who's just anti-Muslim and stuff like that. But before Donald Trump was big time and the media, you know, far as politics, uh, people already had a, 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 a view like that, a stereotypical somewhat fear of Muslims, a fear when they got on planes, a fear of associating Muslims with terrorists and stuff like that. And we know, I'm sure all of us know very good Muslims, you know, that, that, that are very good people. So, but the point is, where did we get that idea from? We got it from mainstream media. So I think we're seeing more of a deflecting thing right now with Trump when even before there was a Trump, there was a programming that had, you know, just pushed out years after years after years, especially after September 11th, to associate this group of people as terrorists when we know, if you know any 
But if you don't know, you might just believe that if you only watch TV and you never come in contact. But for someone like me, I know, you know, some good Muslims, you know, very good people, family members, you know, and, you know, they're some of the best people I've met, some of the most spiritual people, some of the most uh, healthy people definitely care about their health, um, definitely take their prayers seriously, definitely take their all-around faith to even be able to fast, for, you know, for a certain amount of days. So these are are not with the meat. All of, just like like I say, there are good people and and bad people in all fields. So to take one group and paint and put us just the negative images is wrong because media is where people get their validation for things so i think we were in a old mindset of things that it was just about the money and negativity sales but i think we're in a more positive times we're in a more positive world and a lot of that has to do with the internet having an alternative to go you know look at knowledge I think people would appreciate that right now. I think you should really pay attention to the searches on YouTube, and I would guarantee you a lot of that, or, you know, if maybe even, but I would think just it, even more is people searching knowledge, if people searching positive things, people searching how to do things that they didn't know how to do, people searching about their history. I mean, we're in a time where you can sell positivity and still make money even more. I believe you'll make even more if you start putting motivational speakers to Eric Thomas's, if you start putting holistic doctors to Dr. Sabies and, and people who are in these guys' lineage that, 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 that has similar thought processes. If you start putting uh, uh, even pranksters, you know, good, good time stuff like that. Um, if you start putting, you know, true history, you know, just true history or history from all different perspectives, not just one group of people writing the history. Let one channel might have it from this perspective and another channel might have that from, from that perspective. And then we'll have another channel where we bring these perspectives together where, you know, we have to understand that, yes, at one point, if you was looking at it from a media person's side, their argument is, well, you know, people isn't going to buy positive stuff, so I have to just know what people are going to buy. And I think that was an illusion. Maybe, you know, maybe people just got comfortable, you know, on the other side, you know, because so, I, I like to think most people are good, and I, I like to think most people sometimes just get lost in the bottom line and feeding their family. But I think in the world we're at right now, a more conscious time than ever, a more positive time than ever, you could sell positivity just as much. You don't have to paint these negative stereotypes about certain groups of people. And another reason why that could possibly happen, maybe some of the reason, maybe not, but maybe a lot of these guys on TV have investments in prison. So think, man, if we start pushing this positive stuff and positive music and positive TV, positive entertainment, then people will be less programmed to go and do crimes and things of that nature, the different groups. Because if you put all gangster movies, then you're going to have a lot of kids watching that. And when they grew up, they're going to want to emulate what they seen in the movies when they heard in the songs and stuff like that. So that's, that's what I mean about you'll be less prone. So if you push doctors, lawyers, that, because when you see it on TV, they equate that with success. So if you put the doctors, the lawyers, and all that, and you put the... You know, opposite groups attracted to, to those type of things, and you have more doctors, lawyers, or you know, whatever you did. So whatever you suggest from the TV, you're gonna see it in society. So 
you may think that you have investment in prisons, and this is the only way that you're going to keep your prisons full because we're privatized prisons. There's like a mandatory 20-year contract that you have to guarantee that your prison will be full the whole time throughout. Uh, I would say to that, make it more rehabilitation. Yes, people are still going to have problems, and you still have a, a bunch of generations, specifically mine, that are affected by the program that was the negative program. So you'll still have that. Those of the new program will be a lot of the ones that grow, grow up and, and grow into the aiding of people from my generation because you don't just have to lock the just locking people away isn't the answer you have to have in these prisons you can make departments for decision making so if you get into some type of altercation anything violent any violent crime there will be a decision making course on how to carry yourself as an adult because a lot of times it's just based on that program where you think that everything deserves a reaction and you're not gonna you're gonna look soft if you don't react to everything and you know if you get some uh, respectable people to come in and talk and really give them a different way of thinking a different way of looking at at, at things and situations then you would get uh you would start to see those numbers go down and it just takes a respectable person coming in and giving them an, another way of looking at things for uh, mental illness you could definitely have a mental illness uh, you know just specifically for that so it would be more focused towards rehabilitation decision making uh i would definitely have a required if you did get locked up for a certain amount so say everybody as soon as you get locked up you're required to go take classes or pick up a trade so if you lock down two years you either have associates or be then uh, a journeyman in in a certain trade you know so that would be something that would help people be able to come out and not have to go back in the crown because you'll have a skill i think the skill would do the best because if you're skilled usually you can be an independent so you're not necessarily relying on someone hiring you you could just license out your skill for example if you learn uh construction you can build you can that a house needs some type of rehabbing, call, call that person up or knock on a door, let them know that your services are available or put posters up around the city, uh, market yourself online via social media and, you know, the different news outlets that people uh, go on on there. So that, that would be one of the solutions for um, still being able to profit from your investment of a privatized prison. You just make it more of a rehab center. It's still a prison, but there are, are, are departments that are specifically rehab-based, you know? So even when the prison isn't full, the rehab may have people because you're gonna have people that's constantly needing, needing these things. And a staff and agency in there wouldn't be a bad idea deal either. So as soon as you get out, you have your, you say if you got a degree or if you have a trade, you go right into the staff and agency, but you, you don't get no slack. You know, the first time you mess up, you don't, you know, you don't with as far as with your job, you know, but you're getting the opportunity to come out and provide for yourself. So you don't have to result, I mean, to relapse back into a life of crime. So that's just something to um, consider. You know, I definitely think solutions, solutions, solutions. That, that, that's the focus for the rest of the year, how, how we're gonna get, how are we gonna get 
do things. Uh, my next journey is definitely, uh, I'm about to get in on this white thing. I, th I think in, in 90 days, what's that? It's, it's, it's July, August, September, October. In October, I'm going to give you guys a link. I'm going to be at 175 for 90 days, guaranteed. I'm getting ready to go on a, a water fast right now. I'm about to really get everything together. This is the year for me. This is my breakthrough year. And I want everybody, you know, to continue to listen, continue to tune in, continue to, you know, because we're all growing together. You know, it's just ne never me, you know, big me, love you. You know, we're all growing. We're all connected in a way. You know, we all need each other. Um, just definitely stay tuned in, and, and, and I'll give you a link in 90 days, and you'll see that I've completed the first task. Once I knock this weight off, that's going to open up everything else that I'm, that I'm going to. So I'm going to knock one thing down at a time. That's the first goal. That's the first uh, that's, the, that's the first task you're going to see me knock out. And you know, I hope it's inspiration for you know anyone out there with uh, a similar vision or just a vision that something seems so uphill, but it's not far-fetched. So I'm at 230 right now, so I'm telling you in three months that I'm going to be at 175 and I'll record it, give give a video, and I'll put the pictures out there. So, you know, you hold me to that. You know, three months, somebody get up with me. You know, what's up? Where the, you know, where the pictures at? You know, de definitely do that. Lollapalooza, the music festival, Mac Miller. So, uh, you know. A couple months ago, we got word that Leo Obama was a pro-era fan, so I think, or maybe that was last year's festival. This year, we get word that, you know, she's going to Harvard. She's going to take a year off to, you know, grow, but she's at Lollapalooza this year over the Democratic Convention. A lot of people were upset about it. Older people, let her live. She's young. It's just you remember being young. You might not have wanted to go to church with your parents or grandparents. Yeah, I had to go. We're in evolving times. The Obamas understand how they felt in those type of situations, so they let her go. She goes and a video surfaces of her, you know, lightweight twerking and pulling up her, pulling up her uh, dress or whatever she had on, skirt, dress, whatever she had on. Uh, let her live. Let her live. Let her live. As a parent, I definitely will be a about it I'm not gonna lie we'll definitely be upset we would definitely have a talk about it but um just from the outside looking in you don't know those pressures that they go through that she has to, had to been perfect for eight years you know the teenage years when most of us are rebellious uh she didn't really get to have that type of phase because they were constantly in the spotlight and there was no room for anybody in the Obama family to make any mistake because you're dealing with the first black president, the first black kids. So everything was held to a higher standard. Uh, they're on their way out. You know, I'm sure there was a talk you got one time to, you know, so this is probably her one time of, you know, letting loose. And, you know, for her, it was probably just a feeling free, you know, feeling like a regular person where you have to be this perfect person all the way through. And that was probably just that moment that she had where she could just be a regular a uh, black girl from Chicago, you know, just just enjoying herself, just being free, you know. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure in that. You know, so don't be so hard on her. Uh, she's young, she's growing. She, uh, you know, she'll look back at it, 
maybe with a little bit of regrets, but maybe not. Maybe this was her one time where she just got to really, you know, feel like one of us. Yeah, because when you get to that level, I mean, picture how it is. Someone she's dating probably is, is you know, or if, if she can even can do that, you know, they probably even know it's not, it just doesn't feel normal because you're looking at her like, you know, not, what not like she's not you, you know, even all celebrities, you know, they go through this, that it's hard for them to, you know, live a normal life because even the people around them would treat them different, you know, and she probably just wanted to be, you know, just like her friends, you know, just just like the people around them, just, just normal. So that, that was, for me, that was her, you know, reaching out for a normal type life and also, you know, she, like I said, turning 18, uh, getting ready to go to college, maybe like some of the celebrities, so that was maybe putting out there that, you know, she likes to have fun too. So, you know, who knows? There are different motives, but we've all been young. We've, we've all been young, so let's not like, act like we haven't been young. Let's not act like we haven't went through a stage where we just wanted to be a little freer. And for me, that's all that was. So for eight years to hold it up and, you know, get to this, you know, you've done a uh, pretty good job. Uh, definitely, uh, I expect there'll probably be a talk, but, you know, they'll figure that out. <sighs> See, anything else on, uh, man. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, shout out to Indians. The Indians, it's crazy, because me and one of my teachers, one of my teachers, used to, when the Indians was real bad, I mean, we'd be up, and then we'd lose. At, after the Austin break, we always end up falling off. And, you know, he would be a big Cubs fan. I was a big Indians fan. And, you know, we would still be talking even when it was bad. Like, you know, yeah, we're going to get it next year. We're going to get it next year. That's what I always say. The best thing about Cleveland sports next season. But, you know, that curse has been broken. But now it's looking like we might get it all twice. So the Indians are number one in the American, and the Cubs are number one in the National. Um, Indians just got... Uh, oh, support all-star, all-star pitcher, all-star reliever from uh, the Yankees. You know, so now they're even invested in making moves. That's something outside the box. So it definitely looks like something that can be sustained all the way through. So you know, go tribe. You know, continue shooting for trying to get it all. You know, this could be a, a make with the Republican convention. The Cavs get a championship. The Indians get a championship. And next we'll be waiting for Robert Griffin to bring it home. So we have a new coach with the Browns. We have the best pitching in baseball. I've been saying that since the, the season started. You know, a lot of y'all out there, y'all know I've been saying, look out for the Indians. I will still room for you. You know, a lot of people in the city that gave up hope. I'll still right there. Go try Let's see if we can bring it all the way. Let's see if we can finally get it done. So, you know, I'm real optimistic about that. I'm optimistic about what's going to come with the Browns. Um, I think uh, I think it's just a great time to be in Cleveland right now. If you're in Cleveland, you know, come and just enjoy. You know, go, go sit on the rocks, enjoy the water. Go, you know, downtown. Look at the Terminal Tower. You know. Go get lost in a in a neighborhood on St. Clair. Just enjoy all facets facets of the city. Um, you know, spread peace, positivity, love, happiness. Definitely exercise your Second Amendment right. Uh, you know, spread love. Shout out to all the big beautiful women out there. Shout out to all the vegan women out there. Shout out to all the women that still got a little hair on the pussy. You know what I mean? 
I mean, fuck with me, man. You know, I'm not gonna judge you. I just wanna have a good time, too. But yeah, check out Geo Stein and the Green Party. We all for that. We all for change. We all for outside the box. And, you know, stay tuned. We'll hear from you next time. I'm on. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shout out to that new Kanye West world, though. That shit is a piece of art. And joining us now is Jill Stein. She's the Green Party presidential candidate for president. And she's here to talk about her candidacy and Bernie Sanders' endorsement of Hillary Clinton. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Kimberly. Good to see you. Thank you, and thank you for joining us. Uh, and and let's, let's begin with that. Uh, well, no, let's start with your candidacy. Why are you running for president, and what would you like to do in this race? I think we're in a historic moment. We've seen unprecedented crises really across every dimension of life. Uh, jobs that are low wage and part time. In fact, wages that are barely above poverty for the majority of workers. We have a generation of young people locked into predatory student loan debt without any way out in the foreseeable future given the economy that we have. Black lives are on the firing line immigrants facing mass deportations, uh, wars for oil are blowing back at us, and the climate's in meltdown. So, you know, we have a problem. The American people have really had it with this rigged economy. They're tired of being thrown under the bus, and they've had it with a rigged political system that has delivered this uh, disastrous economy. So it's really time for transformational change that won't come from two political parties funded by the same uh, usual suspects, predatory banks, fossil fuel giants, war profiteers, pharmaceutical companies, uh, health insurance uh, companies, etc. The usual suspects who are making out like bandits while everyday people are really struggling to get by. So we can fix this with uh, a variety of solutions. I'm the only candidate in this race with the only national political party that is not poisoned by corporate money, by lobbyists, by super PACs. So I have the unique ability in this race to provide the American people the real solutions that people are clamoring for. That is an emergency jobs program that will fix actually the emergency of the climate crisis. Uh, Health care is a human right. Canceling student debt like we did for the bankers. We bailed out the crooks on Wall Street. It's about time we bailed out the young people who are victims of that waste, fraud, and abuse on Wall Street. We need higher education uh, as uh, essentially for free as a human right, which actually pays for itself. For every dollar we invest as taxpayers, we get back $7 okay. for every dollar we put into this. So, uh, and we need a foreign policy based on international law and human rights. So uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. So it, it seems that a lot of the things that you were talking about as part of your uh, platform on the Green Party align with what we heard from Senator Bernie Sanders in his uh, bid to be the Democratic nominee. How does the Green Party differ uh, from his uh, progressive Democratic platform? The main difference is that we have a political party that actually supports that platform. And I think what we've seen happen over the course of the last year uh, is really proof of principle as to why we need an independent political party for a truly progressive agenda. The Democratic Party really 
shall we say, had the system steeply tilted towards Hillary Clinton from the get-go. We've seen that in leaked emails. We've seen it in the superdelegates and Super Tuesdays that really give incredible advantage to the insider candidate. We saw what looked like stripping of the voter rolls in Brooklyn, two million votes not counted in California, and so on, debates that really minimize uh, Senator Sanders. So what we've seen really is that you can't have a revolutionary campaign inside of a counter-revolutionary party. Okay. So okay. that's why we're here, and we're here to keep that movement going. Okay, we are talking to Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein, who is joining us uh, from Massachusetts. Uh, we want to hear from our callers, Democrats,
You gotta let me know if I could be your Joseph. Only tell you real shit. That's the tea, no sip. Don't trip, don't trip. That pussy slippery, know it. We ain't tripping on shit. We just sipping on this. Just forget the whole shit. We could laugh about nothing. I impregnate your mind. Let's have a baby without fucking yo. I know it's corny, bitches. You wish you could unfollow. I know it's corny, niggas. You wish you could unswallow. I know it's corny, bitches. You wish you could unfollow. I know it's corny, niggas. You wish you could unswallow. Hey, I know it's corny, bitches. You wish you could unfollow. I know it's corny, niggas. You wish you could unswallow. You try to play nice, everybody just took advantage. You left your fridge open, somebody just took a sandwich. I said, baby, what if you was clubbing, thugging, hustling before you met your husband? Then I said, what if Mary was in the club, but she met Joseph around hella thugs, Carbonori, and Lamb's Wool? We surrounded by the fucking wolves. What if Mary was in the club, but she met Joseph with no love? Cover Saint and Lamb's Wolves. We surrounded by the fucking wolves. Hey.